the title of what we're going to be doing today and next week is Be Baptized. Um, and, and I want to shine some light on, on what baptism is and maybe what it's not. And, and, um, and Pastor Danny's going to share some about uh, baptism as, as well and what the fullness of baptism means for the New Testament church and what that means for us. And then next week, like I shared, we are going to be doing a baptism. We got a little tank over there. We're going to fill it up with some water and we're going to dunk some folks and send them off into whatever God is getting ready to do. You know, so we're, we're going to do some baptisms here next week. And we're also, we're also going to plant a baptism of the Holy Spirit because we see them planted in the New Testament. I, I, I had never seen it done, but I was reading through the scriptures and I was like, you know what? Like the, the apostles planned the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were like, we're, we're going to go and we're going to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. So I, I've, I grew up in a place and, and in a church culture that said that that's spontaneous and it just happens. But the apostles were intentional about it and they did it. So we're going to be intentional about it and we're going to do it next week. So next week we're going to do water baptism. We're going to do baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to just invite God to do what God does because he has way more control over this thing than I do. It's 1220. <laughs> Matthew 3. You, and you know me, so you know that's a good thing. Matthew 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice calling out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. John, this is John the Baptist, clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And people went out to him from Jerusalem and in all of Judea, the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come in to where he was baptized, and he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit, keeping with repentance. And do not think that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children of Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 11, I baptize with water for repentance, but after me comes the one more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say, with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the shaft and with unquenchable fire. Verse 13, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now, for it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Everybody say, to fulfill all righteousness. And then, G and then John consented, verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up from the water, and at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And so baptism, as we see baptism here in, in Matthew 3, baptism, just historically, baptism predates Christianity. Baptism is not a Christian idea. Um, before John the Baptist was baptized and in the Jordan, baptism existed. Within the Jewish culture, as a matter of fact, baptism was for Gentiles who, who were converted. So the Jewish people would baptize Gentiles who were converted to serve and follow Yahweh. So in the Old Testament, you, you would see the baptism of Gentiles. And 
when John comes, right, so we have all these Old Testament prophets. We have Ezekiel, we have Daniel, we have Hosea. We have all these Old Testament prophets, major and, and minor, and they come, and they, they have a single message, it seems. It's just repent because God is coming. This is, if we could just summarize all the prophets, they're just calling Israel, God's people, and they're saying, listen, God's people, God wants you back. This is the message of the prophets. Like, you're straying away from God. He loves you, and he wants you back. He will kill for you. He will kill you for you because he wants you, <laughs> right? And, and, and that's when we read the, the, the prophets, and it gets kind of scary because we're like, why is God so mad? It's like, no, no, he'll kill you for you because he wants you before you can kill yourself and go in other places. It's like, I want first stab at this. If you're going to die, I want you. Okay. Excited about that? All right. I, I, I want to die at the hands of God, right? Um, so so, so, in, so John, John the Baptist comes as Jesus calls him, the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. And when, when John the Baptist comes, John the Baptist comes, and he summarizes all the prophets with this astonishing and almost offensive proclamation. And the offensive proclamation that John the Baptist is making to Jewish people, you, you've got to get this, he's telling Jewish people that they need to be baptized. Only Gentiles get baptized. And he's saying to the Jewish people, listen, you need to be cleansed. And that's why when the Pharisees come, they're saying, whoa, we're the seeds of Abraham. We were born clean. We're going to live clean, and we're going to die clean. And John came and said, no, 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 it's not just for the Gentiles now. You need to be cleansed. And he said, my baptism is a baptism of repentance. And, and, so, and, and so John is kind of painting this idea that even the Jews need to be converted. So while everyone is being converted to Judaism, like he's saying, no, Jews need to be converted to something even greater. Because Judaism is, is, is really not the thing to celebrate because you've become like uh, whitewashed tombs, as he calls the Pharisees for, for the most part. So it's just like an action. It's more like a culture. But no one's really seeking and following God. This is, this is kind of like if someone comes and says, you know what? Like Christians need to be baptized into something greater than Christianity. Be like, well, some of you will say, well, what's greater than Christianity? I became a Christian because that's the greatest thing in the world. You know, but, but culturally, we, we know that there's some Christians who just cultural Christians. You know, you're a Christian because your parents are Christian. And Christianity doesn't work that way. And so I, I get to minister to some of these people, and I say, you need to become a Christian. It's like, well, I'm already a Christian. All right, well, you need to repent of that Christianity and, and, and come, come to this other thing. All right? Like, and, and, and so it's, it's kind of that offense. Like, can you imagine someone coming and calling you out on your faith and your walk? If you've been walking with the Lord for some time and someone just comes and says, hey, you need to be converted to be a Christian. You're like, no, I'm already a Christian. That's an awkward conversation that, that John the Baptist is having here. So in, in Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist, he spells out what his baptism is for. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance. And then in, in Acts 19, we see Paul kind of restating this. And, and Paul says that John baptism was for the baptism of repentance. So John is baptizing people for repentance. You guys get this? So if that wasn't offensive enough, then Jesus comes and says, baptize me. And, and for years I've read this, and it's been, I'm like, why is Jesus wanting to be baptized if baptism is for the repentance? If he who knew no sin, he hadn't become sin yet. He lived a righteous life. So at the beginning of his ministry, he's asking to be baptized. So either he had sinned or there's something else that is happening here. But Jesus comes and he, he says, I want to be baptized by John after John says, my baptism is for repentance. You guys keeping with, with me here? So it gets more and more offensive for us, right? Um, 
So just as Jesus does with everything else, when Jesus enters into something, I want you to catch this on a much bigger scale. When Jesus enters into something, what he does, he enters into our lives and he enters into our histories and he makes sense of it and he gives it different meaning. That's what happens. When, when, when you come to, to Christ and Christ enters into your life, he doesn't change your path. He doesn't put you into a different biological family. He, he doesn't change the mistakes that you've made. Like, he, he doesn't change those things. He comes into them, and by him coming into them, he changes the context of it. He, he changes the voice that says it. He changes the lenses that you see it through. He gives it a greater meaning. This is, this is one of the greatest things I, I see throughout all of Scripture, that some of the great and mighty men of God in their conversions, I see the hand of God on them even before they had an opportunity to be converted to follow Jesus. Like, 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 like Saul, Paul. Paul was out killing thousands of Christians. And then when, when he became a Christian, we still see he's saving thousands of Christians. And it's like the propensity of his life, though it was aimed in a different direction when Jesus comes, he doesn't change the structure of who he is. He takes who you are and he points it in a different direction. And so when you become a Christian, you don't have to change who you are to be one of us, one of us, right? No, I'm saying come as you are, be just who you are. You know, like if you like music that we're not doing up here, you don't have to start liking this music to worship. You don't have to start to be like us to be with us. You could stay who you are and be who you are, but allow the Lord to change the trajectory and the direction and the voice of what he's doing. This is what Jesus does when he enters into something. So Jesus comes, and he comes into baptism. And when Jesus comes into baptism of repentance, what he does is he fulfills it. He's fulfilling the baptism of repentance. And he gives it a new meaning. He gives it a new definition. In the baptism, for the, for the first time, and, and this really wasn't even a part of the, the, the verse I wanted to focus on, but as I was reading through this, I, I just saw the picture for the first time of John the Baptist baptizing for repentance. But as John the Baptist is baptizing for repentance, there's no forgiveness that's happening because forgiveness hadn't come to the water yet. So the, so the people are repenting. And, and they're broken before God. But there's no forgiveness. Because forgiveness hadn't come to the water yet. And so this is why G Jesus says in, in verse 15, he says, Let it be so, for it is proper to fulfill all righteousness. And then in that picture, we see repentance, meet and forgiveness, thus creating this new covenant. Now when you repent, Jesus has also come to the water. He has come to the place where your repentance is. And he speaks to the things you're repentant of, and he takes it and he forgives it in the baptism. And he gives it a new picture. He gives it a new definition. So when you go down into the water from your repentance, he comes up for the first time and brings it new life. And it's a picture of the greatest form of forgiveness in the death and the resurrection of Christ. And so he takes the water baptism and he points it in a direction that says it's not just for repentance, but forgiveness is also on the table. Does that make sense? And, and, and the, the picture there and, and the beauty of this whole thing is that if you ask for forgiveness, every time that you repent, Jesus is already at the water. So every time that we get baptized, 
what's happening is we are following in the shadow. We, you're getting baptized in the shadow of repentance, meeting the forgiveness that the repentance is, is asking for. And as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, that's what happens today when we get baptized. You're entering into this, this moment at the Jordan where Jesus, he who had nothing to repent of, gets baptized. And he does it for you so that when you get baptized, you enter into the shadows of what this beautiful thing is. And, and, and so being, being baptized then is to be identified with who Jesus is. I'm just, just, just going to run through like four, four verses here of, of what it means to be identified with Jesus. Acts 2, 38, Peter rep- replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name, everybody say, in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, to be baptized for what? The forgiveness of sins. All right? So we see first where John's baptism is for repentance. But he says, no, no, be baptized now for forgiveness. All right? So because now there's free, now it's not just dry repentance, but be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 8, verse 15. Then they arrived and they prayed for the new believers there that, may, that they may receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come to any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were being baptized in the name of Jesus. Acts 10, verse 48. And so he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So here we see that pattern again. Everyone in the New Testament church, they're being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Like in the, they're being baptized into his name. Acts 19, verse 45. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the baptism is a picture of identifying with Jesus. Like you are identifying with who Jesus is in the baptism. For those of you who were baptized, when you were baptized, you were being identified with the person of Christ. You were saying that he's the one that you're going to follow. He's going to set the mark. He's going to set the standard. And you're being baptized into the nature and into the character and into the likeness of who he is. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 to 4. This is Paul. He's, he's talking about something much greater, but we could pull a picture from this. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, that they all passed through the sea. And in verse 2, he says, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. He says, when, when they got out of Egypt and the parting of the Red Sea, and as they had the, the cloud and the fire that was leading them, Paul is saying that in this moment, they were being baptized into Moses. What does that mean? They were being baptized in the name of Moses. That means that they were following Moses. And then for the next chapters, all you see is Moses leading these people. They go where Moses tells them to go. Moses says, turn left. They're going left. Moses says to eat this. That's what they're going to eat. They fall short sometimes, but they have been baptized. into. Moses was their savior. Moses was the picture of Christ. So Paul is saying, if you want to get baptism, understand this. When they came out of Egypt, when you came out of your Egypt and God parted the Red Sea, that's your baptism. And he who led you out, like, like Paul tells the Galatians, he who began a good work in you is going to finish it also. And so to be baptized into his name is to be aligned with him and you're following him even once the waters close back up. Even after you get up out of that water, you had been baptized in his name. You are his. 
you're not even, you're not yours anymore. All you simply do is you go from Pharaoh to Moses. Nowhere in that picture do you belong to yourself because you're now identified with and baptized into this man, Jesus Christ. And, and so it, some, some people, and, and I, I get where this is, some people have, have an idea that baptism is optional for the believer. That, you know, it's that you get saved by grace. We believe that. Dural Vineyard, we believe that it's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, that you are saved. Salvation comes once you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you submit to that, you are saved. And, and, and the greatest picture we get of this is the thief on the cross who died next to Jesus. Didn't have the opportunity to go to church, didn't have the opportunity to be baptized, didn't have the opportunity to take communion or do any of these things, and Jesus promised him salvation. And so salvation is indeed grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And there's nothing that you can do. It's not faith alone plus baptism. It's not faith alone plus communion. It is faith alone in Christ. It is the grace of God that saves us. I, I, I want to set that picture as clear as I possibly can. Um, Ephesians 2 verse 3, Paul, Paul writes, Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgression. It is by grace you had been saved. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying here. You are saved by grace. But the New Testament has no context or no, no idea of an unbaptized believer. There's no such thing in the Bible as an unbaptized believer. They were identified with Christ through the baptism. And then the second thing, they were identified with one another through the baptism. Even today, there are hundreds of men and women dying overseas because they were baptized in the name of Christ. Because they are identifying with you and me. They're identifying with our Lord. And so, while it's not an option to be saved, it's not an option if you get to continue to live. He said, you must be baptized. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and everyone's wondering, what do we need to do to follow this God? And Peter said, you must be baptized. It is not optional. And my fear is that in, in, in some of our context, especially in a non-denominational, charismatic church, that, that all these things become optional. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just optional. Like, you don't have to be baptized. Like, I don't want to get my hair wet. You know? Or like, I don't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because that, that's kind of weird. And, and I've seen the YouTube videos of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and I don't know about speaking in tongues. And I don't know about the fire. And I don't want to, you must be baptized. It is, there is, if you are a New Testament, if you are saved by the words that are written in this New Testament scripture, there is no context for you. And I dare to say that if one has not been baptized, that you're disobedient to the life of scripture and to the commands of Christ. Because the, the command of Christ says, Matthew 28, verse 19, he says, to go ye into all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And so if someone discipled you and you were not baptized, they did not fulfill the commands of Christ. He says, you must be baptized. You must be identified with him. There, there is no reason. This, 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 this ring on my finger, 
is my identification with the woman I love. And in being baptized, it's not the day. There's something that happened in the heart beforehand. I, there were, well, it wasn't that long, but there were like weeks. <laughs> we got married in a month, right? There were just, there were just weeks of, 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 of us making this decision and this commitment. And if you have this commitment and you have this in your heart, why would you not want to identify with this person? If she says what she feels about me is real, why wouldn't she want to take my name? It just wouldn't make any sense. It's like being married without being married. It, and I know our culture has some context of that, but let it not creep into our church. You must be baptized. And, 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 and see, so justification is what you believe in your heart, but baptism is about the sanctification. It is the process. It is the obedience to Christ. It is, it is following in step with what Christ has commanded for us. And so he says, you must be baptized. It's like you must be married. There has to be some type of ceremony. You gotta, even if you go before a judge, like the Ethiopian eunuch, it could be in a dirty pool of water. I don't care what it is, but you must at some point yield to the obedience of Christ. Why would you not want to be in step with what your Lord says? And I've met many believers who just, I've never been baptized, but it's okay because I feel this in, in, in my heart. I'm like, I, I get it, but the same book that got you the grace, it says you should be baptized. You know, and, and, and we, we need not ignore that. And so for salvation and for eternity, baptism is not a deal breaker. But baptism is a part of the deal. It doesn't break the deal, but it definitely is a part of the deal. And when I say baptism, I know that many of us are thinking the water baptism, but I'm saying that the baptism, both in water and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that's why we see in the book of Acts that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is also in step and necessary for the believer. This is one of the reasons why we, 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 we read through these scriptures where we see they were only baptized for the forgiveness of sins. But if all, listen, heads up for a second. If all you're here to do is to get your sins forgiven and that's it, like, You've missed the whole thing. There's a whole picture to what Christ wants to do in your life. Like he wants to take you into places that you can't even fathom. And for us to just say, I just don't want to go to hell. I just want to be saved and be forgiven. That is to reduce the, the fabric of your own life. He wants to do more with you. And this is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about. I'm asking Danny to come up and going to share a little bit about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but this is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about. My, my, my prayer today is, is that if you have not been water baptized, that if you, if you have not been water baptized, that we get in line with this thing, that we get in line, and, and, and if, you, if you don't remember, do it. You know, I know for me, I, I was like, I, when I came to the Lord, I was like, I don't even remember. Maybe I was as a child at, at some point, but it is the confirmation of the thing that you believe in your heart. So even if you were baptized when, when you were three years old, before you made a decision to follow Jesus, then it is okay to be, because the baptism, all, all you did was take a swim. Because the baptism is the confirmation of the thing that's in your heart. It's, it's like when you, how many of you like played house when you were a kid? You're not married to that person. You're not really married. You were kids playing. You didn't really make a decision from the foundation and the depths of your heart. She's not holding you to that. You were just playing because you were five years old, playing house, and you got married. 
Same thing with baptism. Baptism happens out of the heart. I have made a decision to follow this man, this man Jesus, and I believe that who, he is who he says he is. And if he is who he says he is and he says to be baptized, then I need to be in step with that. And, and, and so if that's you, I, I want to invite you, come, come next week, because I believe that we're setting a foundation for something that the Lord is getting ready to do, and I don't want you to have holes in your foundations. Because then, because, because then what's going to happen is you're going to reproduce the experience that you had. Yeah. And then you're going to go and make disciples. And then you'll never baptize them. And then the pattern begins. And then they'll read through the scripture and say, oh, well, Jesus didn't really mean that part. And then that's where it starts. And then, okay, what else didn't he mean? So he says to be baptized. I'm going to read this really quick and then Danny's going to take him. Matthew 28, 16, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mount where Jesus had told them to go. Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven, all authority, you have none. All authority were given to him. You don't have the authority to make a call on this one. He has the, the authority. He says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, because authority is given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all of it. Baptize them in everything and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, including that. I've commanded you, go baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So go and teach them, baptize them in, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and teach them to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, that they may do the same thing. He says, surely, for I am always with you to the end of the age. And this is one of those things we're saying that you may not understand it, that it may not make sense to you, but the baptism is necessary. If you believe that Jesus is Lord and you submit to his lordship, then baptism is a part of that surrender, both the water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And according to the New Testament, a believer who identifies with Christ does so through the baptism. Baptism and communion are the two rites that are within Scripture that any scholar will tell you. It's just those two things that, that Christ says. It's just... Just, just do them. Everything else we can split and divide. Baptism and, 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 and communion are the two that Jesus commands. He says, do this. Those are the things he says, do it. All the other stuff we, we kind of derive and we add on, but those are the two things he says, do it. So we do communion and we do baptism. 